Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. We're going to look at the readings for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. If you would like to hear them, you can listen to them on the reading podcast that was dropped yesterday. Today, we have with us Vicar Leeper and Vicar Hill as we continue to look at the preparation for all that is coming as the Lord provides. Specifically today, we're going to play around in the Old Testament. So we have the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23. And I love Jeremiah because he's bold and he speaks as the Lord gives him what to speak. But you also see a lot of humanity in Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of Isaiah, who just shows up and says what he wants to say, and that's that. Amos is another guy who has no problem pointing out the issues with Israel very boldly. But in Jeremiah, you get him to be, well, I'm going to go, and I'm going to probably die. Well, he doesn't particularly like his job. Right. If we're being honest. Yeah. And, he's and he's not, not a huge fan. Right. And not the same way that Jonah no. Jonah runs away from the situation. Jeremiah is reluctant only because he sees the bigness and he see he knows what's coming. And he knows he personally faces a lot of flack yes. for what he says. Yeah. But he also feels caught between a rock and a hard place. Because as he says in Jeremiah 21, he talks about this like, look, if I speak, all my friends are going to abandon me. Yep. I'm going to get like tortured. This is going to be terrible. But if I don't speak, the word of the Lord burns within me, right. burns my bones. I have to speak. And so that's kind of his angsty existence. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. It's, it's just he is in a difficult place because Israel's in a difficult place. Yeah. And he's been sent to call Israel, Israel out again, even though they're in exile. Mm-hmm. And he's to bring them home. He's to bring them to repentance. And again, to show them you're in exile for a reason. And that's never fun. It is never fun to point out the glaring, obvious issues in people's lives. And the the law and the gospel have that particular uh, bent within them, within the book of Jeremiah. A lot of it concerns the exile, both why are you in this exile? Why are you in this situation? And then the gospel being God is going to bring you home. Right. He's going to bring you out of exile. And so, like, that's a huge theme to to look out for as you're going through Jeremiah. Well, Jeremiah starts off, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. That's throwing the gauntlet down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is saying, again, you're in exile for a reason, and pointing out to the the, the, the priests and everybody, you brought this about. Your disobedience, your unfaithfulness, I have been your faithful God, your faithful husband, and you have run away from me. That's kind of scary, Mm -hmm. and especially with the imagery of the shepherd. Uh, Being a pastor, I get to be the under-shepherd, and this is the flock that God has put into my care, my pastoral care, 
And it gets really scary because then the question is, have I scattered? Mm-hmm. Have I destroyed? What have I done? What have I not done? And it's scary, even though I know where Jeremiah is coming from. I know that his context is completely different than Holy Cross, yet it's the same gospel, the right. same God, the same promise. So I would like to pick on you two just for a moment. Uh, Vicar Leeper, you're entering into your fourth year. Yep. Vicar Hill, you're entering into your vicarage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are in the same boat, a little bit different, but you guys will be called shepherds, under shepherds. Because mm-hmm. that's what pastor means. Right. How do you see this, especially as walking into this and having this before you? It's one thing to to think about a leader of um, maybe a business or mm. or a company where they're you're leading a group forward, but then the stakes are even higher when you're thinking about an under shepherd, a pastor, because these are these are matters of life and death. These are spiritual matters. It's not just are we going to hit the budget this this yeah. month, yeah. this quarter. These are life and death, eternal consequences. Um, so with the stakes being that high, there's some responsibility that comes with that. And it, this is not something that you can take lightly, um, go at half-heartedly. Uh, mm-hmm. You really need to go at this with the seriousness that it deserves and and pray for God's grace in that leadership. And and that's, I think, one of the key things we get right off the bat in this reading. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think of Paul talking to Timothy and talking about uh, for those aspiring to these these leadership positions, and he warns him, "You will be held to a higher standard, mm-hmm. and not and this is not like, uh, oh, you better watch out and you better never sin, but it's in the sense that God will hold you responsible for what happens to the flock, and that's exactly what's happening for the shepherds, the leaders of Israel here in Jeremiah twenty three is God is holding the leaders accountable for the flock. And to aspire to that is a really scary thing. And there are moments where I where I doubt, where I say, like, am I truly above reproach? Do I do I really have what it takes to to do this? Pastor Wright once told me that the the road to hell is paved with the skulls of pastors. So and, I just looked up that quote. It's from St. John uh, Christmas. The road to hell is paved with the bones of priests and monks, and the skulls of bishops are the lampposts that light the path. And that's morbid. But come it, be a pastor; it's great. <laughs> they, that's <laughs> not on the flyers. Yeah. It is the not office <laughs> seminary. Well, and the, when you first told me that, it, it chilled me to my bones because it, like, like exactly like Vicar Hill was saying, this is not about balancing the budget. Right. This is life and death. This is a huge responsibility. And if we mess up, there are really big consequences. And at the same time, we live the entire thing in the grace of God, knowing that we will fail, knowing that we will not live up to what we're supposed to be, knowing that we will not say the right thing to the right grieving widow, knowing that we'll say something that kind of frustrates people in Bible study and maybe makes them even walk away from the faith. Like, that's terrifying to Mm -hmm. me. But it's also important to remember that it's God who does this work, and it's God who has sent us to do this, and we live always in His grace and mercy. And these comments kind of remind me of, I I guess it was 
part of the orientation my first year at the seminary, and I can't remember which professor was saying this, but basically he was talking about how everyone kind of thinks of the seminary as, oh, it's this great spiritual place. And he Mm -hmm. said, yes, that's true. But this is also a place where the devil's coming to attack you because he's going to try to do everything he can to make you not want to finish at the seminary and go into the pastoral office. And I think drawing that closer to home for some of our listeners, I mean, how many times do you feel that at church too? You know, this is our sanctuary, our place of rest where we hear the gospel, but sometimes we we get those distractions and, oh, yeah. and and the devil's working to try to get us to not pay attention to the word of God. And that's it started to make a lot of sense when I thought of it that way. Yeah. Because um, kind of the the closer we try, try to draw to our shepherd, the good shepherd, uh, that's where the devil's really going to try to step in and and distract us and try to lead us away from our shepherd. Um, so it, it's it's a little daunting, um, yeah, but yeah, we no do different. live in the the promises that Jesus gives to to be with us and to to help um, fend off those attacks from the devil. You know, it's kind of interesting with, with Vicar Hill's statement: uh, the flesh as obstacle, but it's our flesh and not necessarily Christ's flesh or or right. God being in the flesh. Uh, we will always struggle in that in our connection, and I, I like how you said that as we get closer. As we see, we have to wrestle with ourselves even more, and you really have to get out of your own way. Uh, Luther made a, a really good, uh, interesting point on, on this matter. There's this book, um, Luther and the False Brethren, mm. and um, he deals a lot with Karlstadt in this. And uh, one of the events that uh, is discussed, uh, Luther's in the pulpit, and it's still kind of early Reformation, and He's trying to show the people placed in his care, this is what we need to do. And he starts wrestling with trying to find examples. We need to follow the—we need to look at—when we read—and he realizes there's nobody who has modeled the Christian life in the way that he's looking for. Yeah. And he goes, follow me. And it's not an arrogant, I'll show you how to live the Christian life. He turns and says, I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. Yeah. The words I preach are the words that I need to hear. The sacrament I deliver is the sacrament I need. And he becomes the example. As a sinner, I go to the mercy of God, and I will take you with me. And I thought that was an amazing statement because, it, first of all, it shows the, the humanity of Luther because, you know, he's, he's this bigger-than-life guy who, you know, wrestles Pope and the, the <laughs> whole Roman Catholic Church. And apparently goes on a diet from worms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Little Reformation joke yeah. in oh, there. But with that, that's the pastor. Let me show you the way because I'm in the same boat. I'm not uh, somewhere else. I'm not far away. I'm not holier than thou. I need what is given. And, and that woe to you shepherds who destroy and scatter, that's the pastor who's not in the same boat. Mm. That is somebody who is looking to balance the budget, to be the simple uh, controller, administrator, uh, business, you know, uh, and those are the wrong terms to use, but unfaithful shepherd. Right. So you're saying to be to be a faithful shepherd is not to be this perfect person. Right. But rather to know where you need to go. Right. Well, it's to embrace the, the saint and sinner, the tension, the, the yeah. struggle of that. And 
Because if you're not receiving the sacraments, if you're not receiving the Word, but delivering the sacrament and the Word, what are you? It's kind of that you can't lead somewhere where you don't know where to go. Exactly. Kind of idea. Yeah. And I, I like how uh, the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah continues. Therefore, says the Lord, the God of Israel concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away and have not attended to them. And again, that attending, you have mm-hmm. to be there with them. Yeah. You can't call this in. You can't just set up a program and let things go into motion. You have to be a part of them. And that's one of the, the joys of uh, the visitation and the visiting and the relationships. Uh, Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. This goes to a statement that you just made, Vicar Leeper, you know, have I done or mm-hmm. haven't done? And this is a guilt that I carry because, um, as you said, what awful things have I said to the grieving widow? Or what things have I not said? You know, those are etched into my brain. Mm-hmm. And of course, I like to think that I'm making a bigger deal than it is, but it still hurts. Right. And it's still, I didn't do enough. Or I, I said the awkward thing or, you know, so on and so forth. But those evil deeds, and they, they terrify me because it's the real threat of God has placed his kingdom here into my hands. And again, the, the flesh, I arrogantly look at it and say, what do I do? How do I build? How do I support? You know, where, where am I? As you see in Jeremiah, the work of the Lord through in, let it be the mistakes, let it be the weakness, let it be the, the talents, mm-hmm. and really getting out of the way. Because the evil deeds, and this is to, to jump up, well, really far, the evil de- deeds have already been taken care of. Mm-hmm. My sins are forgiven in Christ. And it's not that we just move on. Oh, my bad. Jesus loves me. Let's move on. It's learning. It's recognizing. It's embracing the sinful nature, but not to support it, but to quelch it, to run to the gospel again, going to the same place you're bringing people. Right. Well, and those first two verses are the the condemnation of yeah. these bad shepherds, mm-hmm. these poor shepherds who have misled God's people. But there's this shift in verse 3 where we kind of shift away from talking about the bad shepherds Mm -hmm. to talking about the flock itself. And you might have expected after the negative tone towards the shepherds, now it's time for the flock to really get it. Yeah. But no, that's not what happens. Instead, you get this promise that the remnant of the flock from all the countries where they've been driven, which is the fault of these bad shepherds, they're going to be gathered back together. They're going to be brought back. They're going to be fruitful and they're going to be multiply. And then God is going to put good shepherds over them mm-hmm. who will care for them so that they do not fear, so that they do not, they're not dismayed, so that no one is missing. And this is a big promise. Yeah. This is a big deal. How is God going to, to fulfill this? Well, we keep going and we find out more about this, the shepherd and it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will called, will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. So what's that pointing towards? Of course, we get to do the, the Sunday school answer. It's Jesus. Yeah. 
and, and not to be dismissive, uh, all the Old Testament points to the fulfillment of the promise being given. That righteous branch from the house of David is always and will always be Christ. And the Lord is our righteousness. And I, I love that statement because he creates this identity and relationship. We're not just, oop, my bad, I'm forgiven. No, we're, we're brought into this flock. I, I really like that statement, neither shall any be missing. That, as you said, is a big promise. And I don't care how much evangelizing I do. I don't care if I suddenly... Uh, stop preaching in the pulpit and become a street preacher. There's no way I'm finding all the missing sheep of the flock. This is God's work. Right. And he's bringing us into himself. And uh, this is baptism. This is sanctification. Uh, this is my, my, my pet thing, theosis. Yeah. Uh, the indwelling of Christ. <laughs> but he is our righteousness. He is our God. He is our shepherd. He is our life. And I really like that, that the bigness of that, because it's so hard to comprehend what does it mean to be a part of Christ? It's to be loved, forgiven, and alive. And that's what you have in this good pasture. And this is even more than the resurrection. This is even more than, oh, we're waiting for it. It's the promise of what we have in here every Sunday. It's the life we live in faith. But it's also the struggle we have in faith, because we're not righteous on our own. We're not righteous of ourselves, but only in Christ. And I think, a, a, if I may, a decent connection might be going back to, to Good Shepherd Sunday yeah, uh, in yeah. the season of Easter. And I think it's in John chapter 10 where where Jesus says, you know, he, I am the Good Shepherd. And he gets to the point where he says, I know my own and my own yeah. know me. Um, and to me, that kind of resonates with these verses because where's the place where we go to hear about our shepherd, to learn from our shepherd? Yes, it's it's with the help of our under shepherds, our pastors, as we mm -hmm. go to church every Sunday. But we go on Sundays to hear the word preached, to receive the sacraments. That's where we learn about our shepherd. That's yeah. where we know him. That's where mm -hmm. we find out about him. And that's where he expects his sheep to be. That's where he wants us to be. And that's where he knows that we are his. When we come to hear his word, to to receive his sacraments, to hear those promises again. Um, and it, it just is that constant reminder for us that we have righteousness nowhere except Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Lord is our righteousness. It's nothing we can do. It's nothing we can say. We can't find it in another place. It's in one place only. And it's in the Lord. It's in Jesus Christ. Well, and as you were talking, I was thinking about how as we gather for worship, this is the gathering of the flock together. Uh, from wherever they have been scattered, they come together mm. under the good shepherd, Jesus. And there they receive all that they need. There they receive even righteousness. This is this is justification, the big Lutheran word for being made right with God. And it isn't from ourselves, but we get Jesus's rightness with God given to us to make us right with him. This is something only the good shepherd can do. This is something that only our perfect shepherd 
who is the antithesis of these bad leaders that the Israelites have encountered, the bad leaders we've encountered, who will always fail and must point to the the saintly side of themselves as they have been sanctified by Christ, but also to the sinner part of themselves. The good shepherd need not do that. The good shepherd points to his righteousness and says, what is mine is yours. I know you. Well, and I really like that, especially with the, the phrase, uh, Israel will dwell securely. And the, the security is outside of themselves. Um, sheep have no natural defenses. Mm-hmm. They don't have sharp teeth. They don't have claws. Um, I, I guess the wool would protect them a little bit. From the cold. Right. But even the wool will also kill them. Yes, sometimes exactly. if it's left unsheared. But, and, and they'll be secure because they have the protection of that righteousness, that forgiveness, that mercy. But also in their waywardness, wondering, they still get to do that securely, knowing who is watching over them, who has claimed them. And this isn't the, the promise, oh, run away, live the contrary life, Jesus still loves you. The life of faith is always that constant coming and participating, being in this righteous, understanding where it is. Well, faith is being brought into something. Exactly. Which is something we like to we like to talk about that it's not just an idea. Right. It's being brought into. And in this case, what you're brought into is the flock, which means that you are under the care of the good shepherd. And, and again, that the security, because we all want to feel safe. And at what cost? And of mm-hmm. course we get to go the innocent shedding of Christ's blood. But this security also isn't this comfort zone where we're just warm and fuzzy and we mm. don't live. Well, we still struggle. We still have the issues of this world on this side of heaven, but we get to face all of them securely in the promises of our good shepherd, the shepherd who has spoken, who has claimed us and continues to lead us. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.